0: Welcome to episode 32 of Third Heaven Authority Podcast. I'm Mike Thompson. Today I'd like to share with you a perspective that I have. You know, when we're born again, I believe that God places on the inside of us part of His eternal nature, being that new creation in Christ Jesus, is a hunger for not only the supernatural and for walking in authority and power in the kingdom of God, but also a desire to understand the signs of the times of the season. You know, in Matthew 16, verses 2 and 3, Jesus addressed that, and he told his followers they could understand the spiritual times, the signs that were around them. So I'm talking about kind of where we're at in the timetable of God. I think that there's a perspective that I can impart to you, prayer warriors, to you who are filled with the Spirit of God, walking in power and victory, the eagles of God, that you can perceive kind of what God is doing. Now, I've been at this for a long time, well over 40 years. I've gained a little insight, and that insight is what keeps CK and I going, because the broader perspective is Where God is leading us into the greatest times, I think, of revival and spiritual outpouring that the earth has seen, at least since the outpouring of the early church. I'll do my best to explain this to you so we're not caught in a microcosm of time, just a moment of a few hours or one day and just operating according to our felt needs, whatever the pressures in society are. But we can look at the big picture because God has brought us to a new Christian era and you are part of it and He wants you to operate in victory and power. I want to begin in AD 30. That was when the church was birthed. It was birthed in power and in glory. You know, Jesus had been crucified, raised from the dead, ascended to the right hand of the Father. And he sent the Holy Spirit. And on that day, the day of Pentecost, he came rushing into that upper room and filled everybody with power and glory. They went from there out and evangelized the world. The scripture even declares that they turned the world upside down. The characteristics of the church, the ecclesia, the body of Christ, all meaning the same thing at that time, was that they were meeting publicly and from house to house. The fivefold ministers, as described in Ephesians, were the leaders and equippers of the church. The saints were ministers of evangelism, in reaching out and leading other people unto Christ. So you have this description of a living organism, not a dead organization or an institution. But it's alive, it's breathing, it's flowing, it's growing, it's reaching out. And it's just kind of like a a natural evangelism because the Christians were so excited about Jesus Christ and the power of God in their lives that they just wanted to share it with everybody around them. And those that were around them actually wanted to hear it because they knew there was something different about them. It wasn't the same as in all the other idols and other religions. It was life. It was purpose. It was Jesus, the good news of the kingdom of heaven that had come. So the first 300 years of the church had expanded exponentially. But something happened in 312 AD, and there was a deception and a deterioration that came within the church. Not the whole of the church, but a large part of it. Let me explain that to you. You see, when Emperor Constantine of the Roman Empire became a Christian, he made Christianity a state religion. His successor, Theodosius, gave a royal edict that all citizens were to practice Christianity. Now, that may sound like a good thing, But let me tell you what happened. There was a merger of church and government, and so the church became institutionalized with emphasis on the church building as the place of ministry rather than out house to house and in the marketplace. It also emphasized the professional clergy as the recognized ministers rather than the saints. Church membership was the door to salvation rather than a personal relationship with the Lord. So church membership replaced that relationship with Jesus. The people could only attend, obey, finance, and eventually no one was allowed to even read scriptures except for the priests, which entered into a thousand year of dark ages. There was no widespread Now, this was not the destruction of the church because Jesus had already said that the gates of Hades shall not prevail against the church. God always has a remnant. He always has a people that uh, are connected with his heart and are flowing in the power of God. There were many fringe groups. There were people who would really go forward in the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus preserved his powerful church through these specific groups of believers with genuine moves of God. But make no mistake, Satan had attacked the church and tried to disempower it by institutionalization. So there needed to be a reformation. There needed to be a restoration. And when I say restoration, it's not just restoring back to what the early church was in the first 300 years, but all of those principles and dynamics as they apply to where we are right now in God's timetable. So restoration occurs when a spiritual move of God takes hold and remains, affecting the greater body of Christ. This is not a new revelation, but rather restoring to the original God keeping the Book of Acts model in culturally relevant ways. I believe God began that restoration a little over 1,100 years later. In 1517, there was a restoration of Christ Jesus to his position as the Lord head of the church. That occurred in what we call the First Reformation when Martin Luther challenge the Roman Catholic Church. Now, I'm not preaching against Roman Catholicism. I have a lot of friends who are wonderful, born-again, spirit-filled Roman Catholics, but what I am preaching against is the institutionalization and the damage that it did to the church. I thank God that Christianity, even through those times, grew to be the largest spiritually impacting force on the face of the earth. It's true. Right now, one-third of the earth's population are Christians. But when Martin Luther nailed his theses to the church door there in Wittenberg, Germany, that we were justified by faith—the just shall live by faith alone— it restored the priesthood of the believer. It restored an evangelism revival where personal relationship with Jesus could be shared with others, leading them to receive Jesus Christ for themselves. There were awakenings to God's power to be dynamically moving in people's hearts and minds and bodies. Water baptism after salvation was restored to the church. Individual holiness before God was restored. Evangelism in homes at work and in the marketplace. The separation of church and government. All of these things then became very important because it was a turn away from the institutional control. Salvation was not through church membership, it was by a relationship with a living God. Then we fast forward another 400 years. And in 1906, there was a restoration of the Holy Spirit to his position as helper and empower of the church. We call this the Pentecostal movement. You see, in 1901, there was a Methodist Bible school in Topeka, Kansas, where there was an outbreak of the Holy Spirit. He came upon them, such as on the day of Pentecost, when the Spirit of God came on the original believers. And then it spread to the Azusa Street Revival in 1906 in Los Angeles. This was a restoration of the Holy Spirit to His proper place in leading and guiding the Church and empowering them. It was marked by the baptism in the Holy Spirit, speaking in other tongues, gifts of the Holy Spirit, power evangelism. It was a spirit revival where personal relationship with the Holy Spirit could be shared with others, leading to receiving that baptism so that there was power to become effective witnesses for the Lord Jesus Christ. Now this is major because it was a big change in events. So now if the church is recognizing Jesus as its Lord Head and recognizing the Holy Spirit's purpose, presence, and power in their lives, then that could only lead to the restoration of the five fold office ministries in Ephesians. So we find shortly after Pentecostal explosion that in 1947 there was a restoration of the healing evangelist to the church, coupling back again the power, the healing, miraculous power of God with evangelism. It was a healing revival, it restored simultaneous mass evangelism and mass healing, each leading into one another. People were getting healed and then they were also becoming saved. That's the cycle that we find throughout the book of Acts. So the healing evangelist is brought back to his proper place in the church. Then in 1960, There was a restoration of the Spirit-filled pastor to the church. It's what we call the charismatic movement or renewal. And that's when pastors were just getting Spirit-filled in mainline denominational churches that were accepting the Holy Spirit. There was an establishing of independent charismatic churches. There was introduction of the gifts of the Spirit operating through believers' lives and in less ecstatic way than witnessed in Pentecostalism, meaning it became more normal, but yet it was still just as powerful. A spiritual gifts revival, a great evangelistic tool, because remember, everything is for evangelism. Then in 1966, there was a restoration of the spirit-filled, faith-filled teacher to the church. This is interesting because... The teaching ministry, or teacher, I'm talking about one of the five office ministries, was moved from just the sanctuary or a back room in the church to actually filling stadiums. The same had happened with the healing evangelists that began to occur through spirit-filled pastors, and now the spirit-filled, faith-filled teachers. It was characterized, there was a restoration of the teaching office that had regional and national and international influence. Teaching meetings in the public arena, supernatural health and finances, victorious attitude and living, an emphasis on learning the Word of God and on t- interpreting it literally as a basis of faith. It was a word revival. It was going back to the book and becoming people of the book and knowing the book and the power of the book. And then in 1988, there was a restoration of the supernatural prophet to the church. The prophet had pretty much been left out of things. You know, the first to go is when religionism and legalism sets in is to persecute and to drive out the prophetic voice. God restored that to the church. There was a prophetic revival with prophetic revelation for individuals as well as a tool for salvation. And you could see that this restoration was characterized by the Holy Spirit navigating the church through natural events, personal and declarative prophecies, personal prophecies for individuals, declarative prophecies about nations and events. Visions, dreams, signs, wonders. All these things happening. It was also warfare worship. They were teaching believers how to hear the voice of God for themselves. There was a supernatural advance on the devil's territory through the new age and the occult. I mean, it was meeting power for power and overcoming the devil and bringing people into the church through that. In 1999, there was a restoration of the miracle-working apostle to the church. This was characterized by apostolic leadership over loosely-knit movements and churches, the equipping of the saints, emphasis on revelatory and miracle ministries, goal of mass evangelism worldwide. It provided an oversight and structure for the prophetic movement, this apostolic revival was the finishing of the restoration of the five-fold ministry offices. So let me just go back and reiterate what I'm saying. Through institutionalization of the church, at least for a major part, because not all groups were involved, it really disempowered the church and it took away these offices. So the restoration of these offices then happened. First of all, the Lord Jesus as the head of the church. Secondly, the Holy Spirit restored within the church. It had to receive the restoration of them. Once Jesus was the personal Savior and the Holy Spirit could baptize and empower and lead and guide and teach, then the other ministries, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher, the prophet, the apostle, as they all came in for the first time since the 4th century, the church was being equipped by all offices of ministry. That means that right now, in this century, beginning with the year 2000, that there is a restoration of the full equipping of the saints under the full functioning of the restored fivefold office ministries. It's an equipping revival. And the people are going into the earth and beginning to take back this planet for God. The people of the earth, mass evangelism. The church right now has the ability to do greater works than it has ever done before. We are living in a great day. We are living in a day to where the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ is better equipped to meet the challenges that are set before us than any other time, I think since the 4th century at least. We are living in a day when God is beginning to ramp up the power of the early church, but culturally relevant and time-appropriate to where we should be. Right now in the earth, we are facing many challenges. There's a lot of idolatry There is a great attack against the church, particularly, you know, when you look at in the United States, I know many other countries, that is true also, but being a citizen of the United States, I see what I have been labeling as the ruling political spirit of Jezebel and those spirits of Antichrist and the way that they've infiltrated America, society, politics, Even the church, to a great respect, the entertainment industry, the judicial system, the educational system, in order to change America, the church is best equipped right now to stop that, to disempower what Jezebel is doing. And the church is being called upon right now to rise up in power and glory That's why I teach on Third Heaven Authority. Do you see how that that fits into this entire thing and the plan of God? My question to you is, why would God spend so much time restoring the church back to its place to where it can operate in full power and then just jerk it out through a catching away? No, this is our finest moment. This is a time when we are going to take the earth. This is a time where evangelism, spiritual awakening is happening in mass scales. And don't allow news media and a lot of the cancel culture and things that are happening right now keep you from seeing in the spiritual realm the power and the victory of the blood of Jesus Christ through New Testament saints. Go forward. I'm really encouraging you to not only see this wider perspective that at this point now God has us positioned, equipped, trained, And even through the maturing of the prophetic apostolic movement to a place to where we can go forward in this great new Christian era, I see in the next 10 years that there's going to be mass evangelism. I know there's going to be unrest in the national and the international scene. There's going to be a lot of political upheaval. You can look anywhere and you can see evil because, you know, Satan is there. He's real. But what I really want you to see is that the power of Jesus in his body has never been greater. We are well equipped, and we are going forward. We are taking America back. We are taking Jesus to the world. Go, preach, heal. The miraculous is there to back us up as we share Jesus with other people. You're going to see people being born again. But my encouragement to you is for you to be filled with the Spirit, for you to be a person of faith that will rise up in authority, pray these things into manifestation, and start where you're at. Start by praying for your family. Start by laying hands on the sick, where you're at. If you don't have anybody around you that is sick, I mean, practice on your dog or your cat. There's nothing wrong with that. Lay hands on them and pray for them if they're not feeling well. Pray for your neighbors. But as you do it, allow God to use you and to just flow through you in a miraculous way. You'll begin to see miracles happening all around you. And when people are healed and people's lives are touched and changed by the power of God, they'll want to get saved. You see, that's what's going to change things. An attack in the natural realm upon the manifestations of evil is not really going to deal with the problem. The problem is spiritually based. The Holy Spirit on the inside of us is greater than all of the evil that is in them. So let's rise up in the Spirit. And I want to pray for you right now. Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray for every single one of these listeners. And as I do, I pray for that broad perspective to come to them, that they would understand why at this moment it is a perfect opportunity to advance the kingdom of God that we are in the cusp and we are witnessing the greatest revival and spiritual awakening that has ever been on the face of the earth. And through that, we then accept our commission to go into the world and preach the gospel and to heal the sick and to cast out demons. Lord, I pray for them now that there would be a release of revelation and anointing that comes upon Every single one of them now, Lord God. And there's a fire in their bones and it burns. And it's the Holy Spirit. And He's saying, You can do it. You are the entry point of God's kingdom into your family, into your neighborhood, into your work environment, into your nation. Go forward and save and heal. Lord, I just pray right now for every single person that there would be supernatural protection upon them. And Lord, that the miraculous would happen in their lives. Strengthen them. Strengthen their bodies. Strengthen their minds. Strengthen their purpose. Strengthen their resolve. Their dedication to you, Lord. Also, I pray that you provide the supernatural anointing and wherewithal, as well as the financial ability to fulfill every assignment you placed upon them. I bless your people now in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Join me in future episodes as I continue to share from my heart and experiences and from God's Word Subscribe to Third Heaven Authority with Mike Thompson on Charisma Podcast Network or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. Be a force in the earth.